Welcome back to the Sculpture Life podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well. What is new this week, guys? Well, it looks like we got our first snowfall of the year this week. Personally, I like it. To me, it doesn't actually make sense to be winter with no snow. Like if it's gonna be cold, it might as well snow at least to make it look pretty. Now this is me trying to, you know, talk myself into liking winter because what other option is there? And I always try to look on the bright side of things. Anyways, today I have another amazing guest speaker coming onto the show, my client Morgan. She is a badass in the gym. She loves to lift heavy shit, but she is also passionate about discovering purpose and finding fulfillment in your career. A great topic, one that I'm super passionate about as well. Normally I have a bunch of notes and stuff written down for me when I'm doing this podcast, but I'm just going to go freestyle and wing it today because I know I'll have stuff to contribute to this conversation. Because guys, true true career fulfillment can be elusive. And what many people don't realize is that it's a process that actually takes work. There are many things that factor into our work fulfillment. And there's a simple framework that I've personally followed throughout my career. And the important questions that I've always asked myself are, am I inspired? Am I growing? Am I being challenged? Am I useful and of service? And this is a good start to start unraveling and getting clear, a clearer picture and better understanding of where you're at. And, you know, having these questions in front of you and digging deep and having the honest, hard conversations, this is how we grow and this is how we evolve. And in this episode, Morgan and I will be talking all about this. She's going to share her experience, how she shifted her mentality and attitude towards her career by developing more self-awareness, which in turn reignited her passion for what she does. She will also share some valuable tips and tools to help you and guide you through this process to gain more clarity in order to find that passion and fulfillment in your careers. So don't be surprised if you start questioning some of your beliefs and attitudes by the end of this episode. This is a good thing, guys. This is how we grow. So before we start, I'd like to give you guys some background on Morgan. She is the director of genome sequence informatics at the Ontario Institute for Cancer Research with over 14 years of experience in bioinformatics, which essentially is using computing to study biology. She has also been a people manager of software developers and scientists for nine years. Her passions include advocating for women and girls in STEM fields and using collaboration and teamwork to achieve her organization's goals. She's awesome. Guys, I'd like to officially welcome Morgan onto the Sculpture Life podcast. Thank Hello. you so much. <laughs> How's Thanks. it going? Oh, good. Delighted to be here. Well, we just did a workout today. We're doing yep. this episode and it's Friday, so it is a good day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I uh, had you gave me a little bit of time to relax and now I'm right back into it. So we're ready to rock and roll, eh? Yep. Okay, so let's just let's dive right into it. We're gonna get we're gonna start off. So I wanna go back to this whole self-awareness, self-awareness piece. So like I said, self-awareness is so key in every aspect of our lives in order to thrive and become more fulfilled overall. Now, can you touch on your experience with your career and how your mindset and attitude shifted? Once you gained more self-awareness, how did this actually help to reignite your passion for your work? 
Sure. Uh, so I, as, I, as you mentioned, I've been doing this for a while now. Mm -hmm. uh, an important thing to know about my field is that there aren't that many women in it. So it's safe to say that when I first entered my career, I was pretty self-conscious about my femininity. I downplayed my womanhood. When I paint, painted my nails, it felt like everybody was noticing and I really didn't like that kind of attention. I wanted to be considered on my own merits and not whether or not I was a woman. So, uh, and it got even worse when I was promoted to a manager because now I was not only one of very few women, but I was one of basically zero other women managers, female managers. So I developed a lot of coping mechanisms. I developed a very combative approach where to my team, I was, uh, I protected my team from the whims of other people and uh, I had a very combative approach to other managers in particular. You go through your career, you get burned a few times, you know, uh, as, you're, as you're going through your career and you develop all these really protective mechanisms. So, but I mean, we're really great as humans adapting to any kind of circumstance we find ourselves in. So five years into managing, everything seemed normal. I loved my job. I still love my job. I love the technical aspects of my job. I love the science. I love the impact. Uh, I love my team. I, but every day I just didn't want to go. I was just, I was tired of it. I, I wanted something else. I wanted, I wanted something different, but I wanted the same thing. I didn't know what else I wanted to do with my, with my life. And I, it, I thought, well, okay, if I get my job again, but with different people at a different organization, wouldn't it just be, you know, can I swear on this podcast? Same shit. You swear, we'll do what you want. <laughs> this is an, oh, this podcast, we're not filtering shit. Yeah. So it would be same shit, different toilet kind of thing. It's just like, I didn't, I thought since I didn't know what I didn't like or what was wrong, um, I, I didn't know what I was looking for. And so I didn't make a change. I just stayed miserable where I was. And there were parts of my job that I loved and there were parts that I didn't love. And they were pretty obvious. Like nobody wants really to deal with budgeting. No really, buddy really wants to deal with like difficult interpersonal communication. But it seemed like it was more than just being unhappy with hard parts of my job. And I didn't know what that, that problem was. So that's kind of where I started. Uh, and then I hired a career coach. Um, so I, I actually, it was a, a, she was a life coach that I knew from taking a previous course, but since I wanted to figure out what to do with my career, I decided that talking to somebody else about it was the, the biggest, the biggest hurdle. That's so, a, that big, that's definitely the first step. And you know what, it's, it's interesting what you were saying about your position. The main thing that that um, was standing in your way or you, you created these walls and, you know, um, around um, your femininity and you felt and you were combative with others. I could actually relate to that. I think when women are in a workplace where it's more male dominated, I think it's a natural kind of inkling to kind of put on that alpha, alpha kind of role. Cause I know I also did that in the beginning of my career, working with a lot of male trainers in the beginning when I was really young, like in my early twenties when I was just starting out. And I felt that in order to gain that respect and um, validation, I needed to be extra alpha and I needed to, you know, 
be like them. And so, and that created a lot of resentment on my end because I didn't want to be like that. It wasn't natural for me. And so I totally relate to that, um, the way that you felt in your career in that, in that way. So, and then, so tell me, so you, you, so you hired the career coach and then how did that whole process unravel? Like, what did you, um, like uh, discover? I, I mean, it was a lot of, 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 of course, there was a lot of self-reflection, uh, mm-hmm. but my biggest breakthrough didn't come in my sessions with her, actually. It was a piece of homework that she gave me. Mm-hmm. So as part, of my, as part of my sessions, she had me list. Um, I, I tried to find the notebook where I did this exercise, but it's at work and it's the middle of the pandemic and I can't find the actual exercise. So this is my best memory of what it is. I had to list everything that I was proud of in my job. Uh, so that was, so, so she made me write those all down. And then my homework was to look over the list and figure out which of the things I wanted in my next job. It, it kind of sounds weird. Like if you're proud of it, shouldn't you want to continue with it? Shouldn't you want to do that more? But the problem was that I was proud of things that included defending my teams from other managers and protecting them from the whims of other people. And in middle management, I think there's a lot of this where you are, you're kind of in this butting head situation with a lot of other middle managers where you're all put in positions where you're fighting for a piece of the pie. And I, the more I sat with that is the, I, I didn't want to carry that to my next job. I didn't want to be combative, but I was proud of doing it. So why, why wouldn't I want to carry that, that through? And then I kept asking myself, why? Why are you, why are you so resentful of the fact that you had to do this for yourself? And this is a project management mm-hmm. technique, believe it or not. You just keep asking why until you get down to the core reason. I was miserable because I treated every encounter with other managers as a fight. And mm-hmm. I put up defenses before I even started to talk to them. And that wasn't who I wanted to be. I, I, she had me list what I loved about my job. And one of the things was teamwork collaboration, flow, learning, and none of this had anything to do with this aggressive approach to dealing with other managers. Mm. Even though I was getting the right results, I was getting them in the wrong way. I was was self-sabotaging my own happiness because I was doing things that were important in a way that wasn't true to me. Interesting. So instead of having the open, hard conversations, it was more of a defensiveness, defense kind of mechanism that you yeah. were coming it, into instead of saying to to another manager hey i get that this is really important to you like let's find something that works with you but i might not be able to do it right now because we don't have a lot of time in our team right now but let's see if we can find like something that works for both of us i was just like no yeah no, we're not doing that and i'm offended that you asked me <laughs> to do that and there's no possible way that I can fulfill your completely unreasonable request. <laughs> and it's funny how we do this as humans. And I'm sure you're not the only one. I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people can probably relate to this, but like, if we just actually approach with the question of like, how can we make this better for both of us? So it's a win-win situation. And all you, all we have to do is drop our defenses. And it seems like such an easy thing to do, but I think getting to that point, it takes time, like, like you said, right. And getting to even understand like why you were doing it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not, it's not something that you can just flip your mindset overnight. Really. It's, 
um, you, you kind of, it's a self-awareness thing, like you say, it's becoming aware that you're doing it and then taking a step back and saying, this isn't the person that I want to be, but it happens over and over. And when you do get burned and you will get burned again, that yeah. somebody will do something or you'll encounter a difficult situation that will have you reverting back to those old behaviors because that's protective and that feels better. It's you're less vulnerable in those situations. Totally. But, and even, yeah. And even for me, like when I was like getting, you know, gaining more awareness around, you know, me trying to be extra alpha and putting up my, my walls and guards up around the men when I was just starting out in the fitness industry, it was like, having to take a step back and be like, do I really need to be like this? Like why, mm -hmm. like what happens if I just soften up a bit and just have an open conversation with them, you know, instead of being so, um, yeah, again, just having, just putting up these walls. Right. And I, and then I think once I started doing that work, I started realizing like, oh, it's more, it's more about me. Like they're actually quite harmless, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. It, it, it was very much, that was the whole thing. It wasn't them. Like they, there is problematic behavior out there. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but that's their issue. How you yeah. react to it is your own business. And totally. if, if you react to it in a way that it's not genuine to yourself, you're setting yourself up for being miserable and maybe not even realizing why. And that's why when we get angry, a lot of the times, I think sometimes when we are angry and when we feel resentment, it's actually because we're angry and resentful with ourselves, with how we've acted or with our own behaviors. And so we project that outwards, right? Yeah, it could be a lot of the time or it, it could be a, it's a complicated mess of emotion, yeah. right? That is totally. like, I don't know how to feel. I don't know what this is inside me. So I'm going to express it as anger. I'm just... I'm so confused and, and turned around and um, like you have these conflicting, like I want to be open and loving and collaborative, but also if I do that, somebody is going to go stab me in the back tomorrow. Like yeah. that's a confusing set of, of things to resolve. And I can totally see that come out as anger or sadness. I mean, I cry when I'm angry. I cried when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I feel helpless. Like it just comes out because I don't know what I'm feeling. There's too many things going on. There's too so. many things. And so like, and so sometimes when we are unfulfilled with our careers, it might not be about the work, as we said, and the job itself. It's deeper than that. And oftentimes tied into how we set boundaries, how we relate and how we interact with others. So when you moved into this new management role, because um, we, touch, we touched on, you know, getting the career coach, but when you moved into the new management role, how you relate, your experience in relating to others how did it hinder your ability to find joy and fulfillment? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but. Uh, yeah. So a lot of my joy and fulfillment is of doing the parts of my job that I love. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is when the parts of your job that you don't love start to overwhelm or, um, or cloud the enjoyment to the parts that you do love, that I think is when it starts to become a problem. So when I don't want it, when I love my job, and I think over my job and there's nothing I don't like about my job, but I don't want to go in the morning. I don't want to show up. I have no desire to be there. And I'm just kind of begrudgingly hauling myself into work. There's something wrong there. And for me, what it was, was that I was, I, the negative aspects of my job, I was letting them seep into every single part of the job until the whole thing was colored with negativity 
and with this stress that I didn't even realize that was happening until I started asking myself why, 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 why. Mm-hmm. And so that was the initial step. You hired the career, you hired this um, career coach, and then she started getting you to do this homework where you're starting to ask yourself these deeper questions. Yeah. She also taught me to meditate and a bunch of other helpful things, but uh, that that one exercise where I really, I mean, I talk things out that's very helpful, but sitting with it and just really thinking for myself, what was what was the, the core problem here? Why was there this discrepancy between things I was proud of and things that I love to do? And why was I not happy to carry that to my next place? That it, it's a, you have to sit down with that, that feeling and figure that out where it comes from. So, so you found, so you kind of got to, you, you did get to the, the core and the root of it and like how, so you, be, and how did you become aware of how you were self-sabotaging? Like, or what were the steps, what did you do to change your approach once you gained that awareness? Like in your, in your specific role as a manager, what did you do when you came back with this awareness that kind of, um, you know, changed the way that you approach people and that, and how you related to others and with, you know, versus a combative approach? Like, how did you shift that? So it's a funny story. Uh, you sent me these questions last week and I prepared them on Tuesday. I had a really bad day on Tuesday at work. And by the time I got around to your questions, I was... Uh, I was angry and I was miserable and I was resentful and I didn't really know why. And then in the course of preparing the questions that you had sent to me, I realized that I was back in my defensive world again. I, that I was, I, I had even noticed that I had slipped back into the habit of being aggressive, aggressively defensive of my team. So I can tell you that the work that I've been doing in the past couple of days has been every time. So before, every time I see a message from certain people who, there are certain people who are trigger people in my world. <laughs> so we all have those people. <laughs> yeah. So every time I would see a message from them, they're not always bad, but when they're bad, they're bad. If you know what I mean. Like yeah. the, So every time I see a message from them, I would get tense. I would just be like, okay, here it goes. Like <laughs> making up all the stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're 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 getting in on it. And when I went into work on Wednesday and I got a message from one of those people, I was just like, you know what? Just breathe, see what they want. Is it reasonable? If not, well, okay, unreasonable requests happen. Tell them you'll be back to them as soon as you've conceived of an answer and go do something else for a while until you you have like calmed down and like collected yourself but for me it was just it was a mindfulness to realize that the situations that trigger me and that I can just like take a take a deep breath and be like okay we're going to deal with this. It's going to be fine. Um, and there's no reason to get upset or angry about it. They're probably under as much pressure as I am right now. So let's just like be kind and step back from it. And That's, it's, sorry, keep going. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Uh, it's been the, the last few days. There's one specific situation where I'm just like, every time it comes up, I just, untense my traps 
<laughs> I've taught you that. <laughs> yeah, uh, just just let some of the that uh, the tension go, and uh, and just remember that like I don't have to be aggressive about it. I can just you know be collaborative. Let's fix this together. It's an important question. Let's do it. And the whole breathing and mindfulness piece makes all the difference, doesn't it? Like, especially in that triggered, in that moment where we're like from zero to a hundred triggered, it yeah. really just like, you know, I mean, and I, we can all speak from experience, like having those moments where, you know, we're, we're pissed off and we want to react versus like observe and respond, respond versus react. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it's funny. You're saying that, that you, you felt like you were falling back into old patterns, but you know, this is like ongoing work. Like, even though, you know, even though like, yes, you've made like massive strides and changes and like, you know, I have in certain areas, but like, we're always like learning. And even if we go back to an old way of being, it doesn't mean we've undone all the work. It's just like, you, you know, and you, and that's why it's funny that we're doing this podcast, especially this week when those, when those emotions hit you, it's like, oh, yeah. Right. Well, it was it was really useful for me to remind myself. I I put a post-it note on my monitor that just says "check in, breathe." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, but it works. Remind right? myself that yeah, that I just need to every once in a while, like if I'm feeling if I'm feeling it, then <laughs> I I just need to like back away. And working from home is great for that, but you can also do this in person where it's just like, I need to go to the bathroom right now. I need a minute. <laughs> right? <Urgent. laughs> so, so yeah, you made some serious, like some really big changes and, and, um, so just becoming more, you know, aware of the combative and then coming back with, you know, changing your approach to more just, you know, listening and let's collaborate. And so what advice would you give someone who just adopted a new role, you know, at their job, or even an entrepreneur that's dealing with clients and face-to-face interactions, what are some tips that would help them approach their work from a more empowering place with greater self-awareness? Like what are the top, like, I don't know, three to three tips? Let's say. So I, first of all, I think that the first little bit at a new job is incredibly stressful. And uh, so I don't know if I would necessarily would apply this to somebody starting a new position because there is so much that's new and you just, mm-hmm. you're overwhelmed. You're probably feeling incompetent at what you are good at. And like, I'm personally, I just feel miserable a little bit in, for the first little bit in a new role because I've got imposter syndrome. I don't think I should be there. And like, I think you need to apply this kind of mindfulness that I'm talking about, like you should have mindfulness all the time, ideally, (laughs) it would Mm -hmm. be great. Um, But for this particular check-in is when you're established at a role and maybe uh, you're comfortable with it, but you're still not happy. So that that to me is the, the point where you would start looking at this. And if you, the other one you mentioned was about dealing with clients and face-to-face interactions, what is it about those interactions that you find so disheartening or, or anger inducing or just, mm-hmm. just makes you miserable? Examining that and asking yourself, why, why, why? Is it, is it because they're being unpleasant? Is it because you're not acting the way that you would want to act in, 
uh, if you were left to your own devices and why can't you act that way? Mm -hmm. Why can't you be your own genuine self there? And is it, is it a defensive reaction or is it that you really do need to, you know, not swear <laughs> or something or uh, that, that you can't just tell somebody exactly where to stick it. But even if you do have those impulses, well, why, what, what is, what is causing that to, um, to be so distressing to you that you would carry it past that, that one interaction. People are going to be jerks. There's going to be stuff in every job that you don't want to do. Nobody wants to do that budget or interact with that angry customer or fire somebody or sit through a six hour meeting that has little relevance to what you're doing. You can be angry or upset about those things, um, or you can save your energy for other problems. But if you know what situations kind of trigger you, you can be mindful of those, of when that, of those things when it happens. So, Absolutely. yeah, so, and, and the other thing is, like, I know that what I'm saying is, like, just don't be angry. Like, <laughs> That's not, yeah, it's so, <laughs> easy, so easy to say, right? No, it's not. Um, but uh, I would argue, too, that we do use this skill in other situations, in, in other contexts. So I, I think the one that I told to you back when we were discussing this podcast is, have you ever had a really good friend who's seeing somebody that you just don't like that much, that you would never be friends with that person, except that you have to be able to see your, your really good friend. And so you show up, you're polite, you try to see the best in them, you try not to dwell on the things that you dislike, but at the back of your mind, you're like, this is not awesome, but you're just like, Dude. I wanna enjoy the time with my friend here. So you, you push that to the side and you, I mean, you might feel it in your heart of hearts, but you could just push it to the side for that moment. And then you don't say anything that you regret, nothing that will jeopardize your friendship. Um, you might say those things personally, but not like in front of the other person, you know, but you, you hold it in and you just like, you set it aside as not something important to deal with at that particular time or uh, when you don't feel like working out. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you're going to be grateful later. So you push yourself into it and you push aside those being tired, being angry, being hungry, having a bad day at work and you just do it. Or if you yeah. don't want push-ups, 10 push-ups, definitely. <laughs> like today, exactly. <laughs> no, these, are, these are really good tips. I mean, I think it really does come down to being, asking yourself the hard questions and having those uncomfortable conversations with yourself about like, what is it about, especially when we deal with people, okay? It, it, it's challenging dealing with people no matter what. I don't care what anyone says. It mm -hmm. is probably hard, the hardest thing, right? But it's like, there's, it's all, there's always two to tango. So, you know, it's asking yourself, like, what is it about this situation or this person that's triggering me in this moment? And that's what I like about really always bringing it back to yourself because we, we're not going to do the blame game here, right? It's like, because it's about yeah. you. Like, what is it about this person that's upsetting me or triggering me? And what is it that I need to, how do I need to adjust my behavior or approach the situation differently? Maybe I need to set better boundaries. Maybe I'm upset because I don't even know how to set bound my own boundaries within my workplace. Like yeah. there's so many, so many things, right? Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I think the, and I think these are all really good tips, like especially in a, I mean, it's different in a, in a management, in a management role. I think there's, it's, it's also complicated too, because you're in a, 
you know, I guess, superior position, right, in a higher end position, and you're managing other people versus, you know, client to client interaction, they're a little bit different, but still applicable, right? Yeah, it's, it's just a different kind of interaction with people, I suppose. Um, exactly. Yeah. And the thing with middle management that I think they tell you, but I never paid attention to until I was a middle manager is that there is nobody who is your ally at work when you get promoted. And that is a very difficult transition. Uh, all of the frontline workers who used to be your friends are not really your friends anymore because you're a manager now. Uh, and middle managers, uh, a lot of them have the same competitive approach that I have. They're not willing to talk to you of just, you know, shoot the shit as colleagues um, because anything you can you say can and will be used against you in a future meeting. It's then, yeah. So, and then, and then you are your boss, but you can't really like just chat with your boss. So it's a very lonely position being a middle manager. I was just going to say that. Yeah. And so there's, there's not a lot like you only end up in these kind of either you're in a position of power and you have conversations with those people, or you end up in an aggressive combative stance. And that's, that's not really a great place to be in as a human being, not having anybody to talk to on an equal footing. So it's, it's really easy to slip into that kind of mindset where you're, you're not acting maybe the way that you would if you were being your best human being. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, speaking of mindset, I was reading this amazing book. I feel like you might have read it too. It's called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. this book and it's all about it it's amazing and it applies to like parenting business school relationships you know work and it talks all about this fixed mindset versus growth mindset and i think this can be i think this might apply to this situation is like someone with a fixed mindset would go in thinking so someone with a fixed mindset that's in a management position, for example, or like on the CEO of their company, whatever, they are, they're seeking validation, the reward, and they're in like, they have the belief that things are as they are, and we can't grow, we can't change as pe- people can't change. The team I have is the team I have, I can't move them, I can't shift their mindset. But someone with a fit, like a growth mindset that's in this management position, or even not even in a management position, like an entrepreneur or whatever, is that people, we can change, we can learn new skills, we can collaborate, we can grow, we can have the open, hard conversation. So it's like those two different mindsets, right? So like a man, someone in a management position, like you're saying that feels that they're lonely and they can't connect with others and people don't like them, but it's also like how they shift, if they can just shift their mentality and create like this culture of like, openness and growth and like how can we work all together like we're there where the the manager manager sees themselves as a student as well because yeah. they they're learning their team is assisting them and helping them grow and learn too so it's a collaborative effort right yeah definitely if that makes sense like those two different mindsets right yeah and i think particularly um that that's so true and the only person we can really affect is ourselves uh, and in that mindset, but at the same time, if your institution or, or your company doesn't have that culture, that is such a difficult mindset to maintain. And the, the, the growth mindset, the growth mindset. Yeah. Uh, and, and being able to, if you're, if your boss isn't supportive there, if 
the people who work for you aren't supportive in that mindset, it's very difficult to, to maintain that kind of outlook. I do think it's the healthier outlook to maintain though. Totally. Uh, and even though it's a lot more mental and emotional work than perhaps being in a, in a fixed mindset is in that situation. Definitely. And I mean, I think it's, it's definitely, definitely doable. It's definitely, it's more work and it requires more like, you know, openness and willing to kind of, you know, have those hard conversations and like, you know, just really go there. Right. But Mm -hmm. totally doable. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Morgan, for coming on and until pleasure. Yeah.